Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. All right, guys, today we're continuing on the series called Shadowing Jesus. And we're going to go on a journey with Jesus leading us up to Easter. And we're going to engage with him. We're going to walk with him. We're going to watch him just like somebody would in the Bible as, as they watched him from a distance, as the crowds gathered around Jesus and interacted with him and saw his miracles and heard his teaching. We're going to put ourselves in that position for the next several weeks. And we're going to walk up to Good Friday and we're going to have a Good Friday service here at the church. It's going to be a powerful time of of coming together and seeking God together and understanding the journey of Jesus and why he came to this earth and what actually happened on the cross that has to do with you. Then Friday, because you know after Friday there's something that's coming. Sunday is coming. The resurrection is coming. And we're going to celebrate together, all together as as a family of faith on resurrection morning. But we're going to start on a journey today. We're going to pretend as though we are walking along with Jesus. We're shadowing him. We're we're listening to him. We're interacting with him. We're sensing his presence. We're allowing the power of the presence of God and the presence of Jesus, who was fully man and fully God, to impact us, transform us, and change us. And so I'm really excited. We're going to learn things we've never learned before. We're going to see things we've never seen before. And we're going to witness today a miracle And allow this miracle to speak to us, to show us things that we've never maybe experienced before about our Savior. And this miracle that we're about to read, that Jesus heals a deaf man who also has a speech impediment. What I love about the Bible is that every time you read it, something else comes alive for me. Something else kind of, you see it for the first time. It's, it's the living, it's called the living word. It's not the dead word. It's not words on a page. It's the living word. And if you engage with it, it transforms you. It, it, it touches you. It, 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 it moves you and encourages you. Sometimes it throws an elbow in the rib every once in a while. And it, and it helps us to go along our way and be truly what we all want to be. And so I want us to learn from this experience that Jesus has as we hang in the shadows, as we watch Jesus encounter this man out of Mark chapter 7. Let's join the story and let's join this incredible encounter that Jesus has with this man. Then Jesus left the vicinity of of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee into the region of Decapolis, which means an area of ten cities. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly speak. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. And after he took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. I want you to imagine all these things that are happening. We're in a crowd This man, his friends bring them to Jesus, and Jesus begins to do these odd things and interact with him. And Jesus looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephatha, which means be open. At this, the man's ears were open, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus Commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute 
speak. Come on, can we give thanks to God for his word today? Amen. I want us to think about this encounter with Jesus and this man. And I had just, I think there's four lessons, there's more than four, but I want to look at four lessons, what we can learn as believers who have been watching Jesus, who've been following Jesus, whether you walk with him for 40 years or four minutes, it doesn't really matter. We can all learn from this passage today. And in, in every miracle, there are lessons for us to be learned. And the first lesson that we can learn from this miracle is number one, you have it on your notes there, they're hurting or waiting for you to bring them to Jesus. There are hurting people in your life that are waiting for you to bring them to Jesus. I love the, the, the part of this passage and the scripture says is some people, doesn't tell us who, some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. Jesus had been, he, he'd been ministering at the Sea of Galilee around that area and he moved over to the Mediterranean coast and he was ministering in all the areas of these 10 Gentile cities. They weren't Jewish cities. They were Gentile, meaning they were pagan cities. They did not worship the righteous God. And Jesus came there to do miracles. And all of a sudden, the word got out that Jesus was doing miracles. And when Jesus came to the region, his fame as a miracle worker went before him. People had heard about it. There were rumors that there was this man in, in Jerusalem who was healing, setting, setting the, 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 those who were in bondage free, delivering them from demonic spirits. And they had thought, is this man really real? And all of a sudden, we have journeyed with him over to these cities, and there was an unnamed man. We don't even know his name, who was deaf, and he could hardly speak. Actually, the Greek language there says that his tongue, the, the word there, it, it means that his tongue was tied up with a string. There was something about it he could not communicate. Maybe he was stuttering. Perhaps it was difficult for him to pronounce words since he was deaf. I don't know the story. But we notice about this encounter, this man who had a need. He had a struggle. But this is what I, this is what I want you to see. He did not seek Jesus out himself. The Bible says that some people brought this man to Jesus. Could have been a family member. Could have been some friends. But their compassion... And their love for this friend who had a need. Everybody said a need. He had a need. He had an issue. He had a debilitation. But they also had a belief that Jesus could truly help their friend. And it caused them. They were so moved with compassion. They actually believed that Jesus was their friend's answer. That they brought this friend to Jesus. Think about this. This man couldn't call on the Lord. This man couldn't hear Jesus speaking. He needed help, and he needed help from friends who actually cared for him. And the truth is this, for you and I in our lives, what can we learn from this? That the truth is this, people without Jesus need help coming to Jesus. I hope you understand. I tell you, a church that gets this principle is a church that's growing every day. A church that, that thinks church is just about them is a church that is stagnant and dying. People without Jesus, they need help coming to Jesus. We must not forget as believers, we must not that as Christians, our job is to help people come to Jesus. Think about for a moment in your life of a friend. 
or a family member who needs Jesus. If you said, Jason, I, I, don't, I don't know anybody. Listen, it's time for you to get out of your bubble and start rubbing shoulders with somebody that doesn't know Jesus. You run, you, you run into people all day long. The coffee shop, Home Depot, it doesn't matter. You're going to run into them. Begin to be on a mission to think these people, unless I bring them to Jesus, they may not ever come to Jesus. Think of someone, a family member who needs Jesus, a friend. They need your help because I'll tell you why. They are spiritually disabled. They have a disability. It's a spiritual one. I want to show you, listen to how they're disabled, just so you're aware of this in, our, in all of our lives today. 2 Corinthians says this, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. They are blinded. They are disabled. Why are they blinded? So that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. God has saved you. He's redeemed you. He's called you. He's brought you in his family. He's put a robe on your shoulders, a crown on your head. He said, that's my daughter. That's my son. Now I want you to be a part of my purpose, my heart, and that's to carry out the good news of myself to the world and bring people to me. That's our job. Amen? That's our job. I want you to think about this just for a moment. Think about why you're sitting here today. Why are you here? What was the journey that brought you to be here to hear the good news, to engage with a God who loves you, to give your life to him, to be a part of a, a faith family that we love and we care for each other? How in the world did you end up in this seat? I promise you, you can trace it back to a person who had enough love and compassion on you that they would share Christ with you or bring you to church. Amen? What if they said, you know what, I, I don't really want to invite them to church. I don't, I don't really want to share. I don't want to be, I, you know, it's okay. I'll just let God deal with them. It's very possible you may not be here. And thank God that they loved you enough and loved God enough to reach out to you. When you bring people to church, when you invite people to your church, you're bringing them to a place where Jesus is proclaimed. You're bringing them to a place that God's presence dwells amongst us and ministers to them and encourages them. The family of God offers them a safe place to be loved and to be, to be celebrated. Listen, this church is just not about your family and your Sunday dinner. This is about the work of God and the kingdom of God that's advancing by force on this earth. That's what we're about. And they can experience the touch of Jesus on their life. They can be healed from, they didn't even know they were broken so badly until Jesus reveals how much he wants to heal them. And they need your help coming to Jesus. Another lesson we can learn from this incredible miracle today is number two. Jesus cares deeply for you as an individual. He cares deeply for you and others as individuals. You, you and others, you're just not a number to Jesus. You're just not a soul. You're just not a, a notch on a, on a list. You are a unique individual that Jesus cares deeply for and uniquely for you. 
because he knows how you were formed. He knows how he made you. He knows how you put you together in your mother's womb. He knows your your tendencies, your personality, because it's his fingerprint on your life. He knows everything about you. What I love about this picture of Jesus is that he individually addresses this man who is in need. They brought the deaf and mute man to Jesus, the Bible says. And this is what the scripture says. He took him aside away from the crowd. Jesus did most of his miracles publicly in front of crowds. But I love the fact, I just love this, that Jesus took this man aside. Everybody's watching, everybody's staring. Jesus takes this man, he He gives him some dignity and he takes him to the side and he dealt with him privately, personally, as a unique individual. He didn't use him for a Facebook or an Instagram video to to promote and raise funds for his ministry. He cared about the person. He took him aside because he valued who he was and he cared deeply for him. He didn't want to overexpose him. He wanted to make sure that this man knew that he was a person that Jesus saw. I see you, son. Then Jesus, as he took him aside, then he said these incredible words, be open and his tongue be loosed. And instantly the man could hear and instantly He could speak and instantly he could hear the crowds. He could hear the barking dog down the road. He could hear the birds. He could hear Jesus. He could hear all of a sudden his own voice. And the string binding his tongue was snipped by Jesus Christ. And he was loosed and healed by the power of God immediately. And all of a sudden his life drastically changed. And as we're imagine, I just want you to imagine all of this and Jesus taking him aside and Jesus l- looking at him and Jesus putting his fingers in his ears and touching his tongue and Jesus is loving on him. Imagine him and all of a sudden he can hear and he can speak. I just love imagining the look on that man's face. I love watching these videos. I don't know if you've ever seen them on YouTube of children who have a surgical procedure called um, cochlear implants, these precious, their precious little faces light up when they hear their parents' voices for the first time. What I love about it, first they're like, whoa, and then they're like, ah, this is nice. I love that. Same for adults when you, when you watch them and when they've had this procedure. Imagine the expression of amazement and then the movement from amazement to the tears of gratitude that flow down his face. Imagine the gratitude he had to his friends after he'd left. All he could say is, thank you for bringing me to Jesus. Thank you that you, you thought of me enough that you'd bring me to Jesus. Thank you that you just didn't see me as just some lost cause, that you actually cared for me enough to bring me to Jesus. I'll never forget a friend of mine in Bible college who had made a lot of terrible mistakes. We were sitting to have a coffee one day, and he was overwhelmed with emotion as he was thinking about the, the horrific mistakes he had made in his life. And he said this, I don't understand why none of my Christian friends never invited me to church. I could have spared myself from all this pain and all this carnage If only they just would have invited me. But this man in the miracle, he was so grateful. And the truth of this is that Jesus came to reach individuals. 
Jesus doesn't, didn't come to save groups of people just as a big group. He saves each person individually that has a name, has a purpose for their life. He knows the hairs on their head. He knows, knows the thoughts in their minds. And then as we come to him, he brings us to be a part of an incredible family that we call the body of Christ, the church. And so whatever it is that you are dealing with today, this is what I know. He wants to take you away from the crowd. He wants to touch you. And he can take you away from the crowd while you're in the midst of the crowd. That's the goodness and the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to heal you. You're just not a part of the crowd. You're just not a part of just, just people peering in. You are, to Jesus, an important and valued individual. You are seen by Jesus today. He knows your name. Even as I'm speaking this right now, you know that I'm telling the truth. He loves you. He sees you. He's known about you before you were ever born. You matter to him, and people matter to him. The next lesson we learn from watching Jesus interact as we follow him through his journey is number three. You are not alone in your pain. So many of us, when we go through pain, this is what the enemy tells us. You're the only one that's in pain. Everyone else has their life together. No one else has any problems. You're the only one, and he tries to isolate us from the body of Christ. You are not alone in your pain. Just before he healed this man, the Bible says, listen to what the Bible says. Jesus looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh, he said to him. Think about that sigh. Think about it when you sigh. Usually something's going on on the inside that provokes that sigh. Sighs can communicate a lot of things. My wife will sigh and I'll say, that sounded like a loaded sigh. What's going on? <laughs> and then I regret asking, but that's okay. I'm just kidding. There are sighs of relief. There's a sigh of pain or frustration. There's a sigh of loss. There's a sigh because of stress. This is, we, this is our human condition. God gave us this release valve. It's called a sigh. Oh. And Jesus was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. He felt pain. He understood frustration. He feels what we feel. And he was moved to compassion when this, he saw this man suffers, suffering. And he's moved to compassion when he sees us suffer. And he cares for you. He feels your pain. That's why Hebrews 4.15, speaking about Jesus, says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, meaning we have a Savior and a God who can empathize with our weakness, with our pain, with your sorrow, with your loss, with your stress, with your frustration, whatever it is that you're going through. Our God understands you today. Sometimes we're so burdened. We can't even express words. I've been there before in prayer and life's going away. You didn't see it going and, and you're so burdened. You don't, you don't have any words to pray. And that's when our compassionate, loving God, like we saw with Jesus, 
That God sighs and he groans through the spirit in us is what scripture says. Words that cannot even be expressed. And if you're praying and you don't know the words to say, listen, my friend, don't worry. God hears you and he feels you and he is groaning and he is sighing for you. Amen. And he can meet you right where you are today. This is the reality of a loving God that interacts with us, that, that cares for us, that leans in to us. He cares deeply for you today. And the last lesson I want us to look at today from this encounter as we shadow Jesus is number four. Only Jesus can bring healing to your brokenness. This man didn't have a chance. Didn't have a chance. It was only Jesus who could heal him. It was only Jesus who could meet his need. It was only Jesus who could loose his tongue, free him from the deafness of his ears. And there's something that's really important about the last part of this verse. I just want you to catch it today. This is what the scripture says. People were overwhelmed with amazement. Why? Because he <laughs> has done everything well. They said even, he even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. There's something they were referencing here over the, the preceding 400 years up to this point that, that, that Jesus was doing these miracles. Many Jewish leaders at the time, they, they had arrived on the scene. They had claimed to be the Messiah. But none of them, none of them, say none of them. None of them had performed miracles. There are many things that claim to be our answer. Maybe this man who was deaf and mute had, had tried different things. Maybe he had gone to one of these people who said, hey, I'm the Messiah. But none of them were able to touch his life. And there are a lot of things for us that claim to be the answer to what we're seeking. That claim to, to be really what we've been looking for. But what we know once we... Once we lean into that or once we seek that, what we find is that they don't heal our brokenness. Only Jesus can heal our brokenness. We can search and we can think the answer to our brokenness is maybe I just need to be more disciplined. I just need to try harder. Or we think what I really need is I just need a different spouse or I just need, I, that'll heal my brokenness. Or another, I need someone's approval. Or I need another drink. Or I, I just need more fun. That's what's going to heal my brokenness. Or even I just need, maybe I just need to read the Bible more. We need to read the Bible more. But listen, you need to understand. Jesus even told the Pharisees, you seek the Bible for eternal life. But those words are what speak about me. The answer is found in Jesus. And we can be guilty to try to find the answer. To our brokenness and the other th and other things and we look for it but Jesus shows us in this passage he is the only answer he's the only one who can heal your brokenness it's Jesus plus nothing equals your everything I can just imagine Standing there with Jesus, looking at his disciples, watching Jesus interact and heal this person. And I love that, though, though Mark, this is the book of Mark, and Mark penned this, this book. Many people believe he, he interviewed Peter, and this is all the accounts of Peter that Mark wrote down so we could have it today. I can just imagine Peter 
listening to what Jesus is saying and watching him unplug that man's ears and loose his tongue. All of a sudden, he's reminded of a prophecy out of Isaiah, writing about when the Messiah will come, when the one we were all waiting for would come. And this is what the scripture says out of Isaiah. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. That's the Messiah. And only Jesus can do that. This was the fulfillment of this, this incredible miracle. It was the fulfillment of what God was saying through Isaiah 400 years earlier. What I love about this is Charles Wesley, one of the great hymn writers of all times, wrote a beautiful hymn in 1739, and he captures this miracle that we see today. And verse 1 starts out and says, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing of my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and the King and triumphs of His grace. Verse 2, Hear Him, ye deaf, His praise ye dumb, your loosened tongues employ. Ye blind, behold, your Savior come, and leap ye lame for joy. My gracious Master and my God, assist me to proclaim, to spread through all the earth abroad the honors of thy name. How many are grateful for Jesus today? Come on, it's good. Amen. So here's my question to you today in closing. What do you need Jesus to heal in your life? Don't run from the question. Don't push it under the the carpet. What do you need Jesus to heal in your life? What do you want Jesus to heal Jesus touch this man where he was hurting where are you hurting is it emotions Jesus wants to touch you today is it a physical issue Jesus wants to touch you today he wants to say be healed are you struggling with guilt and shame from your past Jesus wants to touch you right there and he says to you be forgiven Jesus wants to touch you. Are you struggling today? Maybe grief over the death of a loved one. Jesus wants to touch your heart and say, be comforted today. And here's the question. Will you let Jesus touch you today? Will you let him do it? You can come to him. Do you know why? Because just like the people in the crowd, they said, he does all things well. You can trust him. You can bet on that horse because he's going to win every time. He does all things well. And he wants to begin to move in your life. He wants to touch you. He wants you to go further in your relationship with him. He wants you to go further in exploring all the goodness that he has for you. He wants to transform you. He wants to heal you. He wants to bring peace to areas of your life, of your marriage, of your mind. He wants to help you overcome that addiction that no one else knows about. He is there to touch you in the area of your pain. 
And he wants to do it right now, today. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, visit faith.church. That's faith.church.